Welcome again to the Very Basics Podcast,、uh, a podcast about faith, culture, the Bible, society, and everything else in between. My name is Paul. I am a graduate student at Yale University, and today in this podcast, I have my very dear friend Claire Campbell,、uh, who is a graduate student here with me at Yale University, and she is going to help us think about. Uh, the role that archaeology plays in biblical interpretation, and this is not a particularly common thing that most people who read the Bible think about,、uh, but it is a very important subject、um, since the Bible references a lot of geographical spaces and things that can be、um, understood through the method of archaeology and. Claire has a beautiful mind in that world of interpretation, and I wanted to be able to sit with her. So、um, let's go straight to Claire and、uh, and talk about、uh, some of her musings and some of her reflections and readings and things that she's learned over the time.、Uh, somebody who is very fascinated about the subject herself. So so Claire, I, I I'm thinking probably like. A good beginning question would be your story、of、and、course. your journey, right? So, <laughs> let's well, start with your story. Well, thank you so、possible. much for having me. I'm、mm-hmm. so excited to be here. I love this project.、Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I am Claire Campbell. I am a master's student at Yale Divinity School in Hebrew Bible slash Second Temple Judaism.、Yeah. Um, I'm a bit all over the place. Yeah.、Um, I ha- I. Come from a Protestant Christian background, right? Yeah,、um, and I am from Nashville, Tennessee, where、right. I grew up, and I went to a Catholic school. And at school, I took Latin, and we were also required to take theology classes. Wow! And this was, is this is undergrad or high school? This is high school. Wow!、Um, yeah. So I mean, Nashville, Tennessee doesn't have the best public education, and I was really fortunate enough to have parents to. Um, support me through my high school education、right. financially.、Um, so yes, we were. I took Latin and theology classes,、wow. and it was theology of sophomore year, where we learned about early Christian history,、wow. and that was my first, I guess, exposure、yeah. to religious studies. Right.、Um, in at a very early stage in my life. And I instantly fell in love with it. Early、mm-hmm. Christian and Judaic studies,、mm-hmm. and from there,、uh, also during high school, I told my parents what I was interested in studying for college, uh-huh. uh, which was ancient religion. Nice. And my dad, who is a Methodist minister, has a New Testament. Academic background. Nice. So he has done this work Before,、um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. is familiar with the field、yeah. and how to be successful and competitive in it. And he encouraged me at a very young age to go on a dig. <laughs> Ooh. So at 17 years old, I went to Israel on a dig. Um, it was Hipposusuta, which is a Roman site, right? Um, on the Sea of Galilee,、uh-huh. and at the site it has a bathhouse and a church and sanctuaries and a little theater, and they have been digging for like ten something years at this point.、Um, so I went 
when I was 17 um, for a couple weeks and I absolutely fell in love with archaeology. Mm. I had no idea mm-hmm. what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So senior year of high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and where I wanted to work. Wow. Uh, ancient world in Israel. <laughs> senior year of high school. <laughs> when I was hi- in high that's, school. That's I, impressive. <laughs> and I know. And I... Um, it, that doesn't happen with a lot of people. No, 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 no. Um, Definitely not me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the chances of that happening were absolutely wild. I loved the work, um, both the mental and the physical work mm-hmm. um, in the field and outside of the field. So from high school, my I like found the program I was interested in. Um, in classical studies. So mm-hmm. primarily focusing on the ancient Greek and Roman world. And my research led me to focusing on the Roman imperial world. Wow. And from there, I always still had kind of a heart for religious studies. And I continued Jewish studies and I found a professor, uh, Spencer Allen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Spencer Allen, for <laughs> <If you're listening. laughs> teaching me Hebrew three years um like one-on-one wow um yeah on top of all the other things he had to do as a professor so um from there i decided to stick to religious studies Mm. if i can Mm. while also wanting to stay in archaeology Mm. which there are not many programs that do that um or have professionals yeah um, yes who you can work with who do right. that it's it's already very limited in a already very limited field right um and i discovered yale divinity school mm-hmm. during the application projects for graduate school and it was a great fit and mm-hmm. a really good jumping off point mm-hmm. great connections mm-hmm. um great thinkers both in the divinity school and in the religious studies department mm-hmm. so it was a very obvious answer <laughs> of where I would come to start my graduate career. Um, So I am here. I have been digging um, in Israel for the past couple of years. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, with the pandemic, as it affected many people, it Mm -hmm. affected my ability to dig during my undergraduate career. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So it wasn't until last year that I was like back in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went on a dig when I was 17 wow. and I had been dying to go on a dig since. And it wasn't until last year that I got, got back the out chance. there. And I was like, oh, my yes, finally. Yes. And I was like, am I mentally and physically still up for this type of work? Because that's yeah. a long time ago. It is, yeah. <laughs> and it was like riding a bike. It wow. was just as amazing as the first experience and i learned so much i um spent the summer at hukuk which is actually on the other side of the sea of galilee Mm -hmm. from the site i worked at when i was um in high school Mm -hmm. and um is directed by jody magnus from chapel hill Mm -hmm. um it is a roman synagogue um north of tiberius Mm -hmm. with beautiful mosaics Mm -hmm. depicting biblical narratives, as well as um, other passages from Jewish literature. So I will be, hopefully, fingers crossed, back there this summer, working with this team again. Awesome. um, And neighbors with some classmates working at some other sites, Mm. hopefully. So 
um, that is where I fit in this yeah, field. Yeah, this is like <laughs> so rich, so, so rich with all like all the things, like the way your interests evolved, your parents' involvement, mentors through mm -hmm. school, like going on on the actual field, right? To, you know, get dirty and dig and- <laughs> Yeah, let's get dirty. Do all the fun, fun <laughs> things, yeah. But let's take a pause just in case someone is listening and doesn't, we keep saying dig, like we keep using, mm -hmm. go on a dig. Dig, dig. Can you expand a little bit more on on that? Yes. Like, what what is that? What what does that entail? What has your experience on a dig, you know, been? So um, digging, as in an archaeological excavation, mm -hmm. um, is the physical labor involved with <laughs> yeah. excavating and uncovering um, ancient sites. Yes. Um, so it's a generic term. We use it um, in. Native American archaeology, mm -hmm. um, South American archaeology, mm -hmm. it's um, user-friendly. So it yeah. is, it's literal digging. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, not much of a science yeah. uh, to the labor. Right. Um, and it is a destructive process. Right. Uncovering and exposing these structures. And um, if you're lucky, art. Right. Um, to the elements once again nice yeah let's talk a little bit about the dig and your experience so um like paint a picture of how the dig looks like like so on the on a daily basis oh, like okay, you're, on, yeah. you're on the ground what do you do how many people are there like when you discover something what are some of the things that you mm -hmm. found like you know how I, interesting is that experience i do not want this to dissuade anyone from yeah. going on a dig in the future because i highly recommend that anyone in any field okay. participate in a dig because it is truly something unique yeah um so in a daily life on a dig yeah. depending on where you are um for in, in israel we wake up at 4 a.m in the morning mm -hmm. we are out in the field by 5 a.m mm -hmm. we put up the tarps to cover us during the work day okay. and excavate, um, log finds, um, and we are done by like 12, maybe one o'clock. Okay, cool. So you're out there for like seven something hours, yeah. um, including, you know, coffee breaks, breakfast, mm -hmm. snacks. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's not entirely brutal, yeah. <laughs> but it is hot mm -hmm. um, because projects, especially projects, by um, American institutions are in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it is five or six days a week, wow. uh, five to 12 outside. Yeah. It is dusty, it is dirty, and <laughs> you are probably in the best shape of your life yeah, on a dig. Yeah, yeah. It, you very quickly become just like buff. <laughs> Because it's it's physical work. It is it is a lot of physical work, uh, and depending on the site, you have to like hike up or down. Yeah, from depending the road. on where you're So going you're like right. hiking maybe like a mile to get to your site before yes. even digging. Yeah, um, it's intense. It's very intense, and students quickly learn whether or not this is something they want to pursue, mm -hmm. and non-professionals quickly fall in love with it. Yeah. I know many people, many like. Um, 
post-career people mm-hmm. who go to Israel every summer for vacation to dig. Mm. Like that's what they spend their vacation on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is so easy to fall in love with. Right. And um, you meet and you work with great people every year. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I- I'm yet to go on a dig. It's going to be this summer. So, it is going to be this so summer. So all of this is for me as much as it is for you listening. And hopefully we'll, we will literally be working sure. and staying like miles I'm from sure. each other. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not at the same site, um, but yeah. very close, close in proximity to each other. Makes sense. Makes sense. Talk to us about some of the findings, uh, some of the things that you typically would find and some of the interesting findings that mm-hmm. you have experienced so far. Um, a lot of pottery shards <laughs> um, and, and actually last year some students in one of the areas discovered a um, deposit of like thrown away shards mm-hmm. so just buckets mm-hmm. like hundreds of buckets of just pottery wow. were brought back to the place where we're staying to be washed and to be cleaned and identified um, so pottery is a big one mm-hmm. and it is ceramics are incredibly valuable to our understanding of dating Um, architectural features. Mm -hmm. So boundaries, foundations, Mm -hmm. um, wells. I've worked with a couple of wells and cisterns, Mm -hmm. um, courtyards, Mm -hmm. um, identifying what's inside and outside of a structure. Um, Hukok has been an active site for many years. So it, and it's monumental. So the synagogue itself has been uncovered and um, a lot of the work has been in the periphery mm-hmm. of the synagogue in the courtyard mm-hmm. or um, in certain aisles um, to uncover mosaics. So it can be as exciting as a brand new mosaic wow. or columns yeah. or it can be as minor as a piece of glass. Yeah. Um, or a nail, yeah. But no matter what you're finding, any find is exciting. Yes, it is exciting. Um, yeah. After the first couple weeks, students first day, students are super excited, yeah. and they find they like pick up a rock. They're like, "Is this pottery?" Like, no, it's a rock. <laughs> the rock. And eventually, they get sick of pottery, and yeah. they and they stop collecting it until. Yeah. The ceramic expert goes on this lecture yeah. about the significance and the importance of ceramic studies. And then yeah. they start to be a little bit more careful. careful. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is. It's a broad amount of things. Yeah. And archaeology as a field continues to expand, yeah. not only thinking about structures and art and um, wares such as like ceramics or glass, but also environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is something I am personally interested in. Right. Um, like all of this is like fascinating. And I'm sure there are so many people listening on, on uh, listening to this uh, particular discuss- discussion and do not know that this is a thing that people do. <laughs> I do not know that it even exists in the world. Um, and so I'm, I'm very glad that we are doing this. But let's bring it, let's bring it in relationship with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. And talk about biblical archaeology in this case. Um, you know, what is it and uh, how do we begin thinking about how digging the earth, mm-hmm. ancient sites, um, how does that, you know, at least help us think about the Bible differently or um, enhance our understanding of the Bible? But let's talk first of all about like 
what biblical archaeology mm -hmm. is in this sense. I have two very basic answers. Right. So <laughs> allowed, <laughs> completely allowed. <laughs> um, biblical archaeology in itself as a field mm -hmm. has a huge history, mm -hmm. um, and the origins of biblical archaeology are interested in identifying mm -hmm. and placing mm -hmm. um, context within bibli biblical narrative. Right. So digging for the sake of finding something mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. So maybe Can Canaan. Right? Yes. Or, you know, Tel Dan. Or Tel Dan, um, right? Yeah. Any, you know, any structures built by yeah. David or yeah. um, Solomon, Solomon yeah. monumental things, Jericho right. Right. Um, and the destruction of Jericho. It is like, OK, let's dig and find mm -hmm. let's dig and find these things. Right. OK, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, that's that's, that's um, clear enough. It has since then. And I think it's like evolved things like the Dead Sea Scrolls, which have promoted it to evolve. Right. Um, has looked past proving mm -hmm. bible and more in understanding the context in which bible is received written heard in or by an ancient audience yeah so biblical archaeology um by professionals seems to be limited to a like biblical timeline right um so Abraham to Ezra. Basically, yeah. It is starting to move past mm -hmm. this like time frame mm -hmm. by incorporating not only like similar context in the same time frame, but also outside of that. So um, reception of Bible in the Roman imperial world. Right. Um, which people do not typically identify as biblical, quote unquote, biblical archaeology. Mm -hmm. um, it is understood as classical archaeology right. since it's connected with the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not it is in Israel, Syria, general Palestine, Palestine area. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be as large as monumental religious structures like synagogues, churches, or public buildings mm -hmm. to Jewish villages, domestic small structures yep. um, that have until recently not been of interest in archaeology mm -hmm. since they are not the big impressive things. Yeah. Um, I think that biblical archaeology certainly expands from the like chronological lens of just the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. as well as the New Testament. New Testament, mm -hmm. um, especially since historically the Bible has played a big part yeah. <laughs> outside of um, the Bronze Age to yeah. the Roman Empire. Right, it continued to be a vital part of social and political context yes yeah um outside of those periods right right wow that's really fast it sounds like a very you know fascinating field of study mm -hmm. because it has all these other moving parts right mm -hmm. it's a little bit of history it's a little bit of like material culture just looking at 
materials that you find um but also like when you bring the bible in there then it, it like it gets even much more interesting because mm-hmm. then you're you know thinking about like actual places that or like places that at least the bible references and you're trying to make sense of that using the tool of archaeology um interesting great um so, so you I have ha- a question, you have a question for, for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a question for you and um i hope and if you want me to clarify anything I said? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very large question, of course, but perhaps we can expand on this generalized understanding of biblical archaeology by you sharing your experience in and outside of academic settings mm-hmm. um, with biblical archaeology. Right. I, so I guess it's the the first definition that you gave of like where biblical archaeology started from Mm -hmm. i think that's what i'm most exposed to at this point in my career Mm. um which is you know this is what we read about in the bible let's go find out if it's true yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah let's go dig it out okay then the point is so if it is true then oh then it says something about the authenticity of what we're reading in in Mm -hmm. the in the text or at least it gives us an idea of you know like which side of the spectrum what we are reading in the text falls right mm-hmm. so i guess that's my at this point like I, of course i'm thinking i'm reading and thinking much more broader beyond that but experientially i think that's that's what it is that's what it has absolutely been yeah for me. and um, i'm sure it's like the same for many people probably yeah yeah, yeah and I, I think it has to do with categorizing yes. finds and time and places mm-hmm. and peoples mm-hmm. um, so that they fit into these nice little boxes yeah. for us to study individually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as much as you have done work on the reception yeah. of Bible, right. not only in antiquity, but right. today. Contemporary world. Yeah. Um, I believe archaeology has <laughs> a very similar um place yeah um yeah when considering narrative yeah. and um religious literature right right yeah and that like the second role that you talked about that archaeology plays i think it's it's very 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 important because like like all things it it grows it expands right mm-hmm. and it teaches it teaches us way more than like verifying textual facts you know, uh, I mean, I, I absolutely, and you you've completely said it yeah. right. Um, to this day, our understanding of Bible continues to evolve. Yeah, and just as people in antiquity, in the Bronze Age or in the Roman um, world, yeah. received um, and interacted with these stories and Mm -hmm. these texts Mm -hmm. um, individually and in a community, Mm -hmm. whether through buildings, art, Art, um, displaying these narratives Mm -hmm. in these settings. We do that. Um, We have glass windows. We do. um, And these uh, beautiful, beautiful cathedrals that Mm -hmm. have these wall paintings or mosaics. And not only do they depict like biblical narratives from the Mm -hmm. Hebrew Bible and New Testament, they Mm -hmm. also bring in a modern context. So I'm thinking of like the St. Louis Cathedral. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been there. I've not. Um, But it 
brings in a lot of significant social figures from like modern America. Right. Um, and displays them with his biblical historical figures like Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> so someone like Martin Luther King is standing next to Jeremiah or um, Mother Teresa and Abraham yeah. in these settings today. Right. Um, so just as we interact and display these stories and settings, so did people in antiquity. So did they do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit also about um, the value of archaeology, you know, in understanding in understanding the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, like the narratives of the Bible, the people in the Bible, the lives of the cultures, the languages, like anything that we find in the Bible. Mm -hmm. How does archaeology help us discern that? Um, I think archaeology not only provides an abundant information regarding these like monumental historical events mm -hmm. the Bible mentions. Mm -hmm. um, but more importantly, in my opinion, is the uncovering and the consideration of reality and daily lives and what that plays yeah. in narrative. Yeah. So relationships. Yeah. Um, whether between um, like families yeah. or tribes or right. these like larger communities, right. social structures mm -hmm. and politics. Mm. Um, I am especially interested in like economics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, right. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a fascinating discussion when considering how economics impacts social and political systems. Mm -hmm. um, so how do these things which seem kind of secondhand mm -hmm. and not very apparent right. in the text, right. how can we use the evidence from archaeology to perhaps expand our lens of understanding right. Um, and include not only the people and the places um, the Bible mentions, right. but adding more to that. Right. So women, yeah. children, yeah. slaves, right. um, marginalized groups of people, mm -hmm. rich, mm -hmm. poor. Mm -hmm. What can the text and material mm -hmm. tell us about the realities mm -hmm. of everyday life in antiquity? That's fascinating because sometimes, not sometimes, most of the time we are focused on like the big findings. Mm -hmm. Okay, where is where was Solomon's temple? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you know we go out and like try to dig and try to find the exact temple. But there may be like very mundane things that we can find that will tell us about the exact same things that you're, you're telling us. Mm -hmm. Systems, like how do you discern systems, social systems, and political systems, and economic systems? by the things that you find around right by the mm -hmm. things that you find when you're digging or when you when you dig the earth mm -hmm. um and i think that's like one big fascinating thing about archaeology mm -hmm. that, that that is drawing me to like take it a lot more seriously at this point in my career mm -hmm. because you know as much as we know a lot from the text from the biblical text we can also know a whole lot more by the material remains that these ancient people left behind. Mm -hmm. And these are historically things overlooked 
right? Yeah, I mean, people look dumb. We, when thinking about our own history mm-hmm. and where we are from, it's limited mm-hmm. to a very specific narrative and agenda. Um, and certainly, while this is a religious text and has been handled um, as such by many different communities throughout history, it still can play a role in showing how other voices mm-hmm. have been silenced yeah. or considered not significant enough mm, I like that word. to bring into these stories. Yeah. Um, and this... Obviously, this is slowly and surely for like decades becoming more and more prominent to talk right, about, right. not only in archaeology, but in biblical studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it is like these really small finds, both in the text yeah. and in the field, yeah. that make the Bible seem more relatable to me yeah. and to my own history. Yeah. Um, just an example. This is super. It's so small. <laughs> Go for um, it. Go for it. <laughs> um, I found a um, little ceramic disc mm-hmm. dish plate thing mm-hmm. in the field, um, about the size of a palm, um, and. It, it was like, oh, it's a tiny little saucer plate, yeah. right? It was it was whole, it was intact. Okay. It had been, it was previously a bottom of a vase mm-hmm. and it had been cut off mm. to use as a top mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. How many times have I done that? <laughs> How many times do I use the wrong like Tupperware lid um, and I like force it to fit? Mm. Or um, I use like a, like a plate to like cover a bowl. Oh yeah, I do right? it all the time. Because <laughs> yeah. I haven't like done my dishes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm desperate to I'm just, just picking keep it. whatever I can find. Exactly. It's yeah. like how how many times have I done these like very silly, I guess, yeah. and not mm, silly and insignificant things yeah. to like, I don't know, get through my day. Yeah. To survive. <laughs> <laughs> um so when it was pointed out to me that that had been repurposed in a sense as a lid, I was like, I don't know why, but this is really resonating yes. with me. <laughs> this is what I Especially do. since I'm constantly losing yeah, lids yeah. <laughs> and caps and like anything. So yeah. it, it's small, it's small and it seems it minor lot. and yeah. insignificant, but it tells you the story of an individual in a community. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna go there, but I think you, yeah, you, you started us off very well. Um, like, which is, we will be wrapping up, but, you know, I think this is important. Like, so how to make meaning out of the thing that you find, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you started telling us a little bit about that, right? Mm-hmm. You found this thing, looked a bit, and you could tell, of course, with the help of other people in the community, people who have experience, experts, and things like that. That, you know, this thing is a lid that has been repurposed for, you know, something similar, but like this is not the actual purpose. And, you know, you, you begin to think about the individual who was using that particular finding. Um, and that's fascinating. And, you know, I just want you to like 
give us an, an example of how maybe an expert, you know, would begin to start making meaning out of something that they find mm-hmm. or, or at least begin to predict what this could be or what this could tell us about the ancient world or the mm-hmm. people that used that particular finding? Um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And it is slowly, um, in my case, mm-hmm. not becoming secondhand, mm-hmm. but becoming common sense. Right. So, I mean, I've taken these like art and archaeology classes that focuses on grand Greek architecture mm-hmm. and art and the history of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how it is. it was like great in the classical period and that is like the epitome of art in like Western culture. Um, so I, I took those courses and I heard and I read these things yeah. and it hasn't really been till recently especially being in the field and also in in religious studies where i'm having professionals as well as my colleagues challenging me to not so quickly identify Mm -hmm. and categorize things Mm -hmm. so looking at architecture yeah and seeing uh i don't know um maybe a pile of stones or something yeah i'm i mean i so the thing that comes to mind is like um like a cistern i yeah i've been thinking about those a lot (laughs) (laughs) um and cisterns were built on continually so these were like constantly used yeah um or filled in so uncovering one and finding that it's not so clear cut as you would imagine it would yeah. be what would the space that a cistern has also be used for right um compost li- like literal garbage yeah people literally throwing garbage yeah into this it's something that looks like well, a cistern. Yeah. yeah and just getting you know their junk out of the way yes so it, it has been like conversations I've had where we're just like standing and looking at something mm-hmm. where someone is like, okay, I'm trying to put myself in that context. Mm-hmm. What would this translate mm-hmm. to me? Yeah. Um, this isn't just a sculpture to a guy. Yeah. Like it is, a, it is, a portrayal of women yes um yeah in elite culture and like how would that have impacted the 99 percent yes <laughs> who are not people that yeah. um yeah so it, it's it takes practice and it I tell takes you what yeah. people <laughs> encouraging you to think outside of the box yeah um that previous um scholarship has kind of set up for us yes um and this is of course absolutely resonating with biblical studies i'm sure (laughs) i'm and how we approach and read the bible yeah yeah this is great like i can see the the diligence in to use a churchy word faithfulness Mm. in you know the, the care involved in trying to make sense of something that you find Mm -hmm. and trying to be as truthful as possible acknowledging what you know and what you don't know Mm -hmm. 
and saying that exactly. yeah this could be it could be this this is okay, this is what we know typically of it but it doesn't look like it anymore it mm-hmm. could be something else and appreciating it for what it is i think like that's like i don't know like the most diligent job ever <laughs> diligence is admitting you don't always know mm-hmm. or you can't see clearly yes um and not enough people do that not obviously do um that, yeah. and allowing yourself to admit that you don't necessarily see the intent or the purpose of something right opens doors yes. to perhaps identifying recognize other sort of purposes text and material have yes. in ancient or even modern settings yeah I'm I'm beginning to feel like I I appreciate the work of scholars so much more because like <laughs> what scholars have to go through to make knowledge accessible to the rest mm-hmm. of the world is a lot. It is that sometimes yeah. people people out there don't appreciate right like, or don't know or don't know what to appreciate like basically you know you just pick a textbook in the bookstore and you're like oh yeah somebody wrote a book but they probably went through like years and years mm-hmm. of training. I mean not only do you have to to make it accessible to a um, community of people outside of your field, you yeah. have to first get it, yeah. <laughs> get it through your own field, get it through your own field, and get first. people to not like agree, but yeah. like be okay with be it. Be okay with it. Yes. <laughs> like this, this is an awful. So yeah, you can <laughs> you can put it out. You now. can now put it out there and <laughs> not use to. these big fancy words yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, just dig in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Um, let's let's wrap it up here, Claire. Okay. This is amazing, but it cannot go on forever. So, <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about resources, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, things that you would recommend for people listening. Maybe this is the first time somebody's hearing anything like the term biblical archaeology, or even like what archaeology has to do with biblical interpretation, or like you know, like having a glimpse mm-hmm. of what archaeology really is and what it entails. Um, and they want to read more or they mm-hmm. want to experience it more. They want to do, they want to understand it better. Like where do they go? Names of, you know, people that have mentored you, uh, whatever, resources. Yeah. Generally speaking, um, outside of like my own interests, mm-hmm. things like the uh, Journal of Biblical Literature. So yeah. JBL, JBL. Uh, if you go to their website, mm-hmm. you can like flick through their publications mm-hmm. and they have a archaeology and biblical study, studies tab mm-hmm. and you can click that and it shows you recent publications through them nice and there it goes back like 20 years <laughs> uh biblical archaeological biblical archaeological review also has a similar resource uh, yes and they post um both in their magazine and online mm-hmm. like popular books mm-hmm. um so books that scholars are like yes this is great for the general public to learn about right. um personally some of my absolute favorite work or work that i'm excited to look more into in the next couple months um i will start off with jody magnus nice. uh, <laughs> i'm working with her and um her work has really been foundational in my interest um, for years. So she has a uh, book, Archaeology of the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my favorites, um, Stone and Dung, Oil and Spit. Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, really a lot about daily life um, in 
the ancient Israel. Right. Also in the life of Jesus as well, for nice. those who would be interested in learning more about that. Yes. Um, Andrea Berlin from Boston University has mm -hmm. done a lot on daily life and antiquity as well mm -hmm. in different Roman imperial con different imperial context, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So as early as Iron Age into right. the Roman Empire and mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. um, I've not read this yet, but Christine Garraway mm -hmm. uh, at Hebrew Un Union College, Union College yeah. um, has a couple of works on children in ancient Israel. That's nice. I'm excited to read about because yeah. we are constantly talking about women yeah. and slaves. And slaves, yeah. Um, but I don't think about kids yeah. <laughs> when <laughs> I'm looking world, at the text. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're mentioned, yeah. but... Um, Especially in like Hebrew Bible, it's just not something I'm thinking about. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to dig into that work. And um, that's a book, right? Yes, that's a book that's out, and okay. she, I think she's got like two maybe on it. Okay. Um, so if you find you can find her on her Hebrew Union College page, we'll say, yeah. and her publications will be there. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, Oded. Borowski, I think yeah. I'm saying that right. Yep. From Emory. From Emory, yeah. Um, he has a great Daily Life and Biblical Times book mm. that has been incredibly helpful to me and my interest in economics in yeah. ancient Israel. Yeah. Um, it was published in 2003, so mm -hmm. it's been a little yeah, bit, like 20, but um, mm -hmm. they continue to do really interesting work mm -hmm. um, in Emory and outside of Emory as well. Awesome. Yeah. I love it, Claire. This is amazing. Um, uh, you know, I would just I would just let you advise anybody who is thinking about like a career in archaeology oh, or thinking about like <laughs> the Bible and archaeology. Like what advice from your own experience and everything? What advice would you give to that person? Advice. Yeah. Um, embrace interdisciplinary work. Mm. It is not easy mm -hmm. finding programs or um, professionals who I would say practice what they preach <laughs> yes. um, when approaching interdisciplinary work. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think as you and others have done who I admire so much, mm -hmm. really making your own curriculum yeah. at programs. So right. whether you are just getting into undergrad mm -hmm. or looking at graduate schools, mm -hmm. understanding you have resources at an institution, but you are not limited to those resources. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's a matter of reaching out, uh, emailing someone mm -hmm. at a different school mm -hmm. or on a project mm -hmm. and making those connections. Um, because I, by chance, did that. <laughs> And I'm still here. So it you seems to work. Meal, yeah. Just cold email, <laughs> like shamelessly cold email or tweet people yeah. um, to get their attention. Yes. Uh, shamelessly. Shamelessly, so. exactly. <laughs> I, I absolutely I absolutely believe in that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, do the work you're interested in. Do it. Like, yeah. it's not always easy. I am very fortunate to have learned so early on mm -hmm. um, that I was interested in religious studies and archaeology. Um, and once you have a sense of what it is you are very passionate about, mm -hmm. hold on to it mm -hmm. and don't let anyone say you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fascinating. Thank you so much, Claire. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. 
and I'm I'm very confident that a lot of people uh, listening to this learned a lot from from your sharing. And I your sure hope so. And all the, it's, it's sudden. This has been sudden, yeah. This has been great. I love talking about dirt. Um, <laughs> yes. I love getting dirty. I highly recommend that everyone, everyone, at Try. least once in yeah. your life, go on a dig, whether it's in America. Yeah. Um, wherever you are, wherever. someone yeah. has a dig where yes. you are. Yeah. We dig everywhere. Yes. We dig up everything. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. get out there and get a trowel or something, put some gloves on. That's right. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I'm going to see you some other time when we make another podcast.